Ah, oh, jeez, where is he? It's half past six. He said he would be here already. <sighs> Maybe I should just start the show without him. Would anyone really miss Myron? I don't know. Maybe I should, yeah, let's just do it. All right, here we go. Hey, wait a minute. No, you're not going to do that because I am here to start what? the show. You thought you were going to have your moment, but it was I, Byron. I'm here, and we're going to start the show. Because you and your beautiful goatee. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. I am the now goateeless host, Byron Reed, and alongside me is my co-host, Gian Rossi, who does have yeah, a Yeah, I just recently got a haircut. Oh. Yep. Oh my. So, yeah. So, you know, feeling, uh, I'm feeling like uh, Peter Parker in Spider-Man 2 when he got the, uh, the Venom suit. Or not Venom suit, uh, you know what I mean. Well. <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. You know what I mean. You mean the the messed up part where it's like <laughs> walking down the street all happy. Yes, walking down the street feeling himself. He's really feeling himself. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so that's how I feel whenever I get a haircut. That's me. <laughs> all right, well, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> You know what? It does, and we're going to roll with it. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero, as we know. But, enough about that. We have a big show for y'all tonight. Tonight, we're going to discuss what makes us mad about games, and then we're going to go into our news bit, as always, and wrap it up with our community segment. And, possibly more? Possibly more. Possibly more. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, you might get a little off-topic stuff here, like you usually get when you come to this show so, who knows? <laughs> we aim for the bullseye, but we always hit the wall. <clears throat> Not the wall. We, we, we get close. We'll hit the uh, the white part around the circle. <laughs> when it so comes we're to getting staying on pocket, I don't, I don't think so, but... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, right? This is devolved into a, into a show about... Uh, bullseyes and things like that, darts, <laughs> whatever that thing is. Yeah. Yep. By the way, I was pretty good at it in uh, Red Dead. I was Monster. pretty good at it in Shenmue. Shenmue, yes. <laughs> the game about sailors. And darts. <laughs> Have you seen these sailors? <laughs> <laughs> no, but have you seen this, this 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 episode right here? This is this is uh great. We'll put it that way, I guess. All right. So, so last week uh we discussed about we discussed, you know, what things what made us cry, what games made us cry. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of February. So, with March being uh March Madness for college basketball and things of that nature, I decided, uh, we decided, hey, let's start off March with what with what makes us mad about games. Get out the way. Get the mad, angry episode out of the way now. That would be focus on the other stuff later. 
That's right. And we also thought that we would go through the seven stages of grieving. <laughs> it's going to happen a lot this episode. Next week is bargaining, people. <laughs> Correct. So, what types of things about <clears throat> games make you mad, my friend? Well, I guess you can give me one and then I'll respond however you want to do it. Sure, we'll just wing it like we normally do. Yes, <laughs> wing it like we normally do. Yeah. I mean, I've uh, I've been trying to not get mad uh, at video games. Like, uh, for me, I've been trying to stay cool, be calm, collected, you know, not let uh, stuff actually get to me. Um, but in the past, there have been things uh, that did upset me. And uh, I know one of the things that... Uh, is a hot topic, but I've always hated it or been mad at it, is loot boxes. Fair. Um, and the biggest reason why is because I don't like uh, randomly getting stuff. And let me rephrase. I'm okay with a random selection pool as long as if I keep trying at it, eventually I will get what I want from that pool. And I won't get duplicates. Like, right. if there's ten items, then at max, I've got to play it ten times to get that tenth item that I want. If for some right. reason, I went through the other nine times. So, um, but because it's a, a big, hot topic, it's definitely something that infuriates me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely one that you know makes me a little upset too because you know you go through and you play whatever it is overwatch destiny whatever you know and you you fit you finish you finish the event or whatever it is you know and you go to open your loot box or you level up or whatever and you get a reward and you're like oh cool you got it it's a new shiny thing but then you level up again or whatever and you get the same thing again like why I don't want this. I want the new. I want the other. I want the new thing. Yeah, I can give an example because I've been playing a lot of PUBG, and yes. uh, they have their loot system in there, which is just for clothes. It's just for cosmetics. Um, but I went in and I paid the. Um, doing the quick math here, uh, the twenty one hundred coins that it takes to get two uh, crates, and. When I went in and looked, because I uh, wasn't paying attention, I had received two of the same shirt that I already have. <laughs> and then, when I go in, because there's nothing you can do with three of the same shirt, it's not like you can put one shirt on your chest and one shirt as your pants, you know, one shirt as a glove. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you exchange them, and I only got... A hundred coins for both of them. Yeah. So it was essentially two thousand coins down the drain because I already had the stuff. Yeah, I don't know why there's not some sort of uh, knockout system mm -hmm. for those kinds of things in place. Yeah, I mean, even if so, you want to keep uh, it completely random. Okay, let's have a chart showing 
uh, people like the items. And as you continue to get more of those same items, uh, they shrink and they become less likely for them to happen and the other items grow. Or maybe you could put it, you could put those items into a, uh, a book of some sort and it's like, oh, I have this already, you know, let me get a, let me get like a bonus for having duplicates of the same item or whatever, like in Fortnite. Fortnite, you can do that with the, with the PVE side of it. There's different, there's a lot of, a lot of items you can get in the game and you'll get duplicates, which is fine. But you can take those duplicates and put them into into the book that they use to keep track of of things in the game. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you'll get rewarded for doing that by getting another, uh, you know, another pinata to open, open uh, to get another pinata for whatever it is, or you know, just coins for your base, things like that. So, yeah. you know, so, reward those players for putting the time into it. Exactly. So that's something that makes me mad. So what's yeah, so, something that makes you mad? Yes. So one thing that makes me mad about games is the uh, the corridor shooter aspect of things. You can you can play this game for you know hours on end. The story is really good or whatever. But then you get towards the end of the game, and it's just wave after wave of enemy with not a whole lot of making sense for reasoning why. The big example of this for me is Splinter Cell Conviction. I love the game to death, uh, but the latter half of it when you're in the when you're in DC in the White House uh-huh. um, is just it's just a mess because the White House, the inside of it is small and there's not a lot of space to maneuver and the the enemies that are there are the elite agents of uh, are the the agents of third echelon, and they're coming. They're dropping smoke grenades at you, and they can see you because they have the thermal vision. You can see them as well. So there's no real sneaking involved anymore. Now it's just oh, let me just bop 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 take out these guys with no real sort of no real sort of stealth involved. And for me, especially in a stealth game, that's frustrating it makes me really upset like why are we putting this here why is this a stealth game mm-hmm. so, i don't know if you have any experience with that but go on no because i've never really played a splinter cell <laughs> fair enough like i played the first exactly. splinter cell um but it just was wasn't deep. i didn't really like it like also to be fair when i played it i was young like because also when i played uh, was it Metal Gear? Metal, Metal Gear. Gear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I played that, what it was um, um, <laughs> it's totally going off the topic here, man. Yeah, there we go. Called it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, when I originally played Metal Gear Solid, um, I didn't really like that either. So that could have been around the same time that I played those. Didn't like them. Yeah, fair enough. But when I went back later and I played Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes for the GameCube, I ended up falling in love with the game and I fell in love with the series and uh, I continued to play it. And then I went back to Splinter Cell 
And I was like, you know, this just isn't, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and to compare the two, uh, Metal Gear Solid, <clears throat> the point is to try and be sneaky. But if you're not sneaky, the game doesn't end. Whereas with Splinter Cell, the point of the game is to be sneaky. But by God, if they even catch a scent of a freckle on your face, <laughs> then <laughs> the mission's over and, and it's game over and you lost. And it's like, dang, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so for those two aspects, like I like being sneaky. Like when I play games, I try and be sneaky. But if I'm not sneaky and I get caught, I don't want it to be game over. And so that, that always makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny you say that because I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I played Splinter Cell first and I loved, I fell in love with Splinter Cell. Metal Gear, I had tried it and I didn't like it. I don't remember exactly why I didn't like it, but I just it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the added aspect of trying to play something, trying to ghost everything. That for me is fun. If I if uh, I remember in the older Splinter Cell games, they had a point where they had the alarm system in there, and it was after you got if you got three alarms, once you got that fourth one, the mission was over. Depending on the mission, of course. Now there were this this brought about a new a new mechanic that they had for uh, I believe it was Pandora Tomorrow, which was the, the, second, the second one in the series. You still had the alarm system, but there were different levels. So when once you got higher up in the tiers of, of alarm levels, the enemies would react a lot differently. Right. So once you got to that third alarm, you know, they were ready for war. They were on high alert. They were, you know, they were more aware of their surroundings. They were a lot more panicky, too, because they knew someone was coming. They didn't know who, but they knew somebody was on, on the ship or in the base or whatever it was, and they were looking. So that extra layer of challenge, along with the fact that there are some missions where if you get spotted even once, or if they find a body, or whatever, the mission is over, that extra level of challenge making you work for it is, for me, what's good. I will admit right now on this podcast that I'm the kind of person where if I get caught in a stealth game, I'm going to reload my save and try to not get caught. Because I don't want it to go to shit. <laughs> Okay. Like I, I, I don't want it to because for me that's that's not my goal. If I don't have to fight in any aspect right. or if I can avoid, you know, confrontation, I'll do it. I'll throw I'll throw a bottle at and I'll throw a bottle at a wall and the guard will go investigate it. I'll just mosey on by you, get around, cool. One thing to deal with. Um in Dishonored, for example. That's that's big for me trying not trying not to get caught, because that that makes me have to fight people, and the fighting in Dishonored is not something I'm a fan of because I don't do it, so I don't take the time to learn the ins and outs of the system, so stealth benefits me in that way. <laughs> have to fight anybody, right? So you know, there's that. So yeah, stealth. Systems in games and corridor shooting is one of the things that bothers me. Gotcha. So I guess I can uh, go on to another thing that makes me angry. Correct. 
uh, and that's that uh, we, well, I guess we was talking right before the show here and I just told you that I beat The Witcher 2 last week yes yes which uh, you know it's it's a what eight year old game now <laughs> I believe so it's a pretty old game huh? and uh, I finally beat it and I was uh, telling you some of the stuff that happens at the end of that game and I was like yeah. you know I wonder if I you know hadn't hadn't killed this person or let this person live if they showed up in Witcher 3 uh, to which your response was nope nobody shows up <laughs> yeah. completely different I, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm getting <laughs> The idea that Triss is the only one that shows up from The Witcher 2. No. But, that's all well, I'm going to say. Besides Dandelion, come on, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, There is another character who shows up for a brief moment. Depending on your actions in 2, mm-hmm. he'll show up. A few of them will show up, yeah. There's a few returning characters from 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. not going to tell you who, but there's a few of them there. Right, and uh, well, I mean, I mean, unless you want me to tell you, I'll tell you. But other than that, I'm not going to. Because you have three, right? Yeah. So anyway. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, I was uh, asking, or I was saying that uh, this person was there, and they was. Uh, um. Well, I guess I had killed this person, and I was wondering if they was there. And then I mentioned the second person, and he was like, nope, they're not in there either. And uh, I mentioned that that upsets me. That makes me angry because, like, you're trying to move the story along. These are story-essential people. And then they're nowhere to be found in the next sequel. It kind of makes me feel like, well, damn, that was a waste of a game because they have nothing to do with the overarching story. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I dig that. I dig that to a point, you know. There's definitely some characters that are like, oh, you know, you're a quote-unquote story-essential character, and then you die, or whatever, and then it's like, oh, well, come to find out that their loss wasn't too uh, impactful, I guess would be the right word. Right. And it's, it's not the story. that... You know, if if these characters were like side characters, which I I know some of the side characters obviously will show up in there because there was a character at the end of Witcher Two that I was talking to and and Geralt was all like, "Oh, I thought you had died at this blah blah blah." I'm like, I don't remember that happening in this game, so that probably happened in Witcher One. And, right. Uh, so I figure characters like that will show up you know they're just like random uh who's it what's it that you don't care about but when they are plot essential characters like philippa eilhart and at the end of the game you know uh i guess for me what i did was i i told uh or decided to forgo her and let her deal with her um, her own on issues. Her own. Yeah, and to go save Trish because I was like, Trish is more important to me than this chick getting back to whatever. So 
I let her stew in her own mess. And then at the end of the game, like during the credits in that, um, she's blind and she's walking around. And if she hears anything, she like instantly casts like a burning spell on it. They show a rat. She instantly burns the rat. And then these guys were watching her and they're like, because she burned the rat and she burns them. Yeah. Kind of feels like there's something more to her story than just, nope, she doesn't show up. <laughs> That's it. That's how it ends. She went blind. Yeah, and I know they make mention of her in three, but again, by that point, she was all like she was blind and she had a lot of stuff going on. So I can understand her not being involved. Yeah, with three, but I see your point though. Mm-hmm. I see your point. It's very fair. Very fair indeed. Um, yeah, that was all I had as far as the. Uh, comment goes all right well i'm done i guess <laughs> all right cool so <laughs> so another thing that uh makes me mad about games is uh, there are times where you'll go to do something especially in a tutorial or whatever and it tells you how to do it and you go to do it and it doesn't work I'm like, but I'm doing it exactly how you showed me to do it. Yeah. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. So, you know, you know, press, press triangle and square together to whatever, you know, and you're like, okay, cool, I can do it easy. And you're like, triangle, square. Same time, at different intervals, you start trying out everything to get it to work, and it doesn't work. But the one time you do it, you do it on accident. Yeah. So I'm like, how did I do that? I don't. Oh, what? What? Can I? Can I need to recreate that? How did I do that? Help. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I've been there with like sports games, like uh, Tony Hawk or snowboarding. It's like do a triple move by doing this, and you're like, okay, I'm doing that. No, retry. What? I thought I did that. <laughs> right. Like, I just did it. What do you mean? Yeah. And then you you do it, and you randomly get it. And then later on, they want you to do it. And you're like, I don't know how. Right. I don't know how to do it. I, I, don't I did it randomly before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did I do this the first time? I don't remember. Yeah. So I've been there. That definitely upsets yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's a pain. Mm-hmm. For sure. But you got one more, friend? Yeah, I thought of one more. Um, because what really makes me mad is when developers lock out content. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and now, um, obviously, people that are familiar with the show or know anything about Destiny know that they locked out content that was previously available to uh users that had bought the base version and that they had to buy the DLC in order to continue playing the stuff. And yes, that that is infuriating. Um, But I'm also talking about when companies and uh, Capcom is really bad and known for doing this in that they will... um, I guess specifically, let's let's just get into it. Street Fighter 4, they released that. And they had DLC for costumes that you could get and that you would have to pay for. 
that they released later down the line. But a data miner found out that those costumes were already on the disc. And huh. that you weren't paying to download and have that on your console. You were actually just paying for a little uh, unlock token that said, yes, they have access to this now. Yeah. And so locking away content like that, um, that really makes me upset. I mean, for one, definitely taking away something that you already have. Like, that's just no bueno, you know? Like, you know, add a new feature that you can only do if you have the new DLC, but don't lock it away. Don't say, no, you can't have this anymore when you've already uh, given it to us. Uh, but even more so, if you're going to take the time to, like, make content, don't leave it on the disc. Don't show us that you spent absolutely all the time already. Like, you already made this. Your idea was just well, we can charge people more for it, so let's keep it away from them. Yeah. You know, don't do not do that. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Like, can we not, please? Yeah, like, actually work for that extra DLC. If you're going to charge people for it, actually do work beyond uh, when you're done with it. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And that makes you mad too, right? Yeah, no, it it does. No, what my one of my big things that ma- that makes me mad. Um, the it, it's it's sort it's sort of a combined thing, but not really. Uh, remember the uh, the online pass that EA had oh, yeah. years ago? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> that that really made me upset. I'm like, why do I have to use this to play online? And God forbid you get the game used. Then you're like, oh, and, and someone's used the pass already. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, now well, I gotta pay five dollars in addition to pay to to play online. That whatever. That was actually their whole idea. They were trying to kill used cells. They didn't want people to buy their games used. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, and I mean, and that that's not really where where I'm going here with this. That was more so of a prelude to the uh, the season pass and pre-order exclusive thing mm-hmm. with games um and this may be surprising coming from me because you know I, i'm the person where you know if i like a game enough i'll support it and i'll get the season pass for things like that right uh you know destiny witcher for example those games i got season pass for but you know i, I really really i don't like them because that's putting faith into something that you don't really know if it's gonna be good or not mm-hmm. until they until they release it to you, right? Um, and that makes me upset because I'm like, why why should I give you money up front for something that could be garbage later down the road, or it could it could just it could be just not what I want, not garbage, but or, you know, or better what yet. I want. Better yet, here's an example. Um, the Batman Arkham Origins game that uh, yes. Warner Brother released. So mm-hmm. they had their season pass that you could buy, and they released it on the uh, PS3, Xbox 360, and Wii U. If mm-hmm. you bought the Wii U version and you bought the season pass, they totally got rid of any Wii U uh updates that you would get with the 
Switch version. Like, they completely 100% dropped anything that they were doing on it and didn't make any DLC for it. So if you had bought the season pass for it, you wasted your money because you weren't getting anything. Yeah, and that's messed up. Like, what? why? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Why? Like, I, I, I really don't... Like I said, I just don't like the idea of paying for anything before you even know what it is. Now, granted, as I said before, as I said leading up to this, I am part of the problem. But, I mean, that doesn't mean I can't not like it, right? You know? that that That's just... That's me, of course. Yeah. I mean, cause, you know... You, I would I I would much rather you you know uh, release the game, fix things that are wrong with it because we can do that now. Why anyone why anyone doesn't like patches or anything like that is beyond me. Why would you not want a game to be fixed anyway? <laughs> um, well, yeah. So the no oh, go no go ahead. Sorry, the idea with that isn't that people hate patches. It's that why shouldn't the game be good to go? Why should it need a patch? I I, I agree. I agree there. I, I agree 100%. I do agree with that. But on the other side of it, still, it, it to me, yeah. it's still a, it's still a, I would much rather you fix it. You know, if it's broken, I'd much rather you fix it than if it's broke, it's just broke and now it's broken game. I'm done. Right. But, You've even said you'd much rather pe- game companies put polish in and wait. Like, would yes. you rather buy a game now that's that's crap, or wait three months for them to fix it with a patch, and have it ready to go, and and then it's not, it's fun. Yeah. No. 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 I, again. Like, again. I would much rather you wait. Yeah. That's where that comes in. Uh, yeah. People get upset because it's like, especially if you know, like, if you know this is broken, why are you? Right, um, yeah. Releasing this. Yeah. And there's even, I think companies, they're releasing day one patches so that the first base game that you get, like on the disc or whatnot, is broken. And there's something wrong with it. And then they fix it with their day one patch. That That is a lofty accusation there, friend. Well, the thing about that is, how do you stop pirates from uh, taking the disc copying it and playing the game that way. Yeah. Make, I, I see your make point. The, make I'm the not, game uh, broken and then fix it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but no, but, but, I, but again, get, getting back on, on track here. Um, <laughs> I would much rather a developer, you know, get the game out, fix any, fix things that are wrong with it. And then three, six months down the line, when everybody talk about it, start talking about DLC. Hey, we're gonna do this for you guys. It's gonna have this, this, and this in it, and you know this is our plan. Um, you know, for this DLC, you don't even have to. You don't. You don't even have to talk about your future ones until you're ready to, unless you unless you say, you know, hey, we have other plans for this, this, and this thing, or whatever. So that again, like that for me, season passes and things of that nature, I don't like because it's putting it's. Is put telling the customer to put blind faith into something mm-hmm. that could not be good. Maybe. If it's good, great. But if it's not, then it's like, oh well, I put like thirty bucks down, and you know, one and or both of the DLCs aren't really aren't really what we wanted. Prime example. Prime example. 
Fallout 4. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, Fallout 4 is the prime example of that. I love Bethesda. Uh, you guys know this. Anyone who knows me knows that um, I love Bethesda. But man, they dropped the ball with that season pass, in my opinion, because not only not only did they did they say it was gonna be thirty bucks when it first came out, and then they were like, yeah, we have these DLC packs planned, and they talked about them for a little bit, and then the first one came out, which was a time of time which I never got to play because my game decided not to load the audio from the radio station to start the quest line, but huh, whatever. <laughs> so, and then there was a bunch of Wasteland Workshop DLCs, which weren't what I was looking for. Right. That's not what I was. That's not what I, what I, what I played Fallout for. I played Fallout for the other environments, the Far Harbor, which was a really good DLC in my opinion, and the Nuka World, which I never had a chance to finish. I mean, to finish that at some point here in the future. But you know, and then again, not, not only did they do that, but they upped the price of the season pass. Yep. Later down the road. So that is that's one of those things that bugs me and rubs, rubs me the wrong way, very much. Yep. So that's sort of my whole spiel. Now, any closing remarks before we move on? Unless you had another one, of course. Well, I was gonna you say the one thing that makes me mad is when we don't go to the news segment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Let's do that. All right, so it's news time once again. Children, gather around. Byron and Ken have some uh, some stories to tell. Do you want me to nah, play my stories, guitar? Why yeah. I'm not a guitar, banjo. <laughs> yes, and I'll slowly play the harmonica. <laughs> And all that. <laughs> all right. So I I hope that came over well. I don't think it did, but I hope it did. <laughs> I I don't know. We'll let the fans. Do I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see. So the Nintendo Switch will not be getting a 2.0 version this year. We know most of these consoles do these things where it's like, oh, here's the PS4 Pro, here's the Xbox One S, or whatever it is. You know, Nintendo's not doing that this year. They, uh, the plan is to right now focus on beefing up the online features and for launching more peripherals. The Switch 2.0 could arrive at the earliest in 2019. Yeah. That, I mean, what kind of world are we living in where it's like every year people are like, there should be a new updated version? Like, Apple's ruined everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hey guys, here's here's the iPhone 11. Yeah. Guess what? It's not even a phone. <laughs> we completely removed the phone feature. Yeah, right. You don't need it anymore. <laughs> you don't need the phone. You're gonna hold your hand like it's a phone, and <laughs> you're gonna press the buttons, and it's just gonna work. It just works. Not how it just works, guys. But if you need the phone, we have an adapter for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have an adapter for your adapter for the phone. Oh, and, oh, oh, and and that that uh that that adapter is gonna cost 
four hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. I like it. So yeah, that's yeah, that's the uh, Switch 2.0 not happening this year. Cool. I don't know what they'd even call it. Like, what, what, are, you, what are you gonna what are you gonna call it? The Switchblade. <laughs> I don't like it. Too bad for the kids. <laughs> All right, how about this? The Switch. Switched. Yeah. S-W-I-T-C-H-E-D. Yeah, like it's been switched. Switched. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it could work. It could work. Or or what, what they'll do. Well, here's what they'll do. They'll have some cool name, like Orion or something. I don't know. And then it'll just be Nintendo S. Mm. <laughs> Or the Switch. Or like. Or Nintendo Switch new in parentheses. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The new Nintendo Switch. Yes. Yeah. The new, new Nintendo Switch, actually. Yeah. (laughs) The (laughs) NNNS. That's an abbreviation for you, kids. Oh, but yeah, that's. uh, My my head's hurting for laughing so much at that. That's fantastic. That was my first news bit there, friend. Okay. Then I'll keep it in the Switch family and say that Blizzard is teasing that they might be bringing Diablo to the Nintendo Switch. I saw that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, they shared a video on Twitter of a demon theme nightlight being turned on and off. And the video caption reads, Sweet Dreams. Naturally, because it's Diablo and because the nightlight literally has an on-off switch. People assume this was Blizzard's clever way of hinting that Diablo is destined for the Nintendo Switch handheld. That could be really fun to take on the go, I'm not going to lie. I've been, I actually picked up Diablo 3, few, uh, what, last week, two weeks ago? And me and some friends have been playing it, and it's super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I own it, and you haven't offered me to play. I look. I didn't ask the question, so I didn't know. <laughs> you're you're probably like level thirty now, and I'm still at like level six, so it's probably not even worth it. <laughs> yes, but I have another character we can play with. Oh. Pause. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> He's a level twelve witch doctor, so I can use that one. Um. Anyways, so yeah, so I don't know if um. This is, in fact, a actual thing that they're doing, or if it's just them. Like, maybe they're showing the um, nightlight. Maybe that's a real nightlight that they're making. Or, check this out, Nintendo Switch nightlight update. You can use your console as a nightlight. Like the screen, I don't know. You can already, you can already do that, man. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't want to switch the window. <laughs> it's bright enough. You can use that. Fair, fair. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm gonna say that this is very obscure. So if they are in fact teasing that, oh hey, we're putting this on the Switch. That's really abstract and like 
Blizzard needs to do a better job. <laughs> but it's just, it, it really is just a tease, though. I wouldn't give anything away in the tease. So we'll see what it is. If it is, in fact, Diablo, that's, that's going to be exciting. I'm just saying a nightlight, though, and because it has a switch on it, people are like, Diablo's on the switch. Like, that that doesn't. That doesn't do it for me. I would never guess that. That ma- that that makes sense. I can see why you wouldn't guess that. But who knows? We shall see, friend. Yep. Just see where that goes. We'll give it time. Yeah, exactly. That's that's all we can do. So, the next piece of news out of me comes from Bethesda, and Bethesda announced their E3 showcase date. It's going to be June 10th at 6:30 p.m. Pacific time or 9:30 p.m. Eastern time. This is going to continue the trend of Bethesda holding their their showcase before the E3 event itself. The showcase was teased with the with the little uh, the, the picture you're seeing on screen there and the tagline of "Create something different." Or if you're viewing the viewing the audio version, listening to the audio version rather, it is a picture that has the has much buildings in the background and has a few of Bethesda's uh, famous characters from other games such as Elder Scrolls, Fallout, and Dishonored. The invites and registration are to come at a later date. So last year, Bethesda's press conference, or showcase, whatever you want to call it, was underwhelming, mm-hmm. um, for me anyway, because it was, already, it was stuff we kind of already knew about. But, um, you know, there are things that could come out of the conference this year, that I'm looking forward to seeing, but I will save those predictions for a later episode. I'm I'm looking forward to to their conference because I'm hoping they'll bring something to the table that I want to see. Right. You know, um, that just made me think we should totally have a prediction E3 episode. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly why I said what I said. I threw <laughs> threw it out there too. You. you took it and you ran with it. Fantastic. <laughs> oh no, you got me on the hook. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. So, but you are one hundred percent correct about that whole underwhelming aspect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I know I know some people were were they were okay with it because they sort of felt like you know we knew we knew what was coming and I'd rather you talk about this stuff than when you're ready to talk about the other things, go ahead and talk about them. So. From that from that aspect point of view, I can see that. But at the same time, for me personally, for me, E3 is about things that are coming later down the road potentially, mm-hmm. and not about for me. That's what I like to see. charging for mods on the console. Right. <laughs> yep. Right. Exactly. Which I don't know if that's actually gotten any better or not, because <laughs> I, I know they may. I know they may. Some changes to to that whole thing, but I don't know if it's actually gotten any better or made it any more uh, impactful for anybody. Right. But that was it for my second news bit there, friendo. Alright, well then I will bring up my second news there, friendo. And that's the Sega accidentally released a glitch demo of Yakuza 6 that included access to the full game. Jeez! Yeah. What? <clears throat> Insanity. Yeah. 
So Sega published a demo of Yakuza 6, which was in fact the full game because it was a 36 gigabyte download that you had to download. And it was several hours after that that they had found out that the game didn't stop um, at the first chapter like the demo was supposed to and that people were getting trophy uh, pops or achievements for the game and so they had to immediately take it down <laughs> oh jeez uh, which allowed uh, uh, several people that downloaded it to have access to the full game well that's certainly not good at all yeah, it's it's kind of weird though because they had already released this game in Japan and they did the exact same thing and they had no issues with the demo. So they don't know like what happened. Yeah, what happened? Um and they said they're not going to punish anybody for downloading the demo. Yeah, why not? Why why? Or yeah. Yeah. Why would you do that? Um but it's it's kind of crazy because the game it it actually came out in Japan in December of 2016, and huh. it's supposed to be released uh, everywhere else this April 17th. So it's it's several years almost old. It's a year old now, and it's kind of interesting that they had this issue. Yeah, it is. But I mean, for me, I guess the big takeaway from this is that they're not going to punish players for downloading the demo and getting a little bit ahead or a lot ahead or the whole game <laughs> whatever yep but that's really cool though in that respect it is anyway so it just makes sad. me sad i didn't get on trying to download it <laughs> oh yeah that's very true me too <laughs> i at least checked it out you know yeah because you never know i like it right so that's, that's all I had to but, say. Um, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Sure, my my final one. My final one is the This Week at Bungie update. The Iron Banner is going to return. Lord Salibar will make his grand return to the Tower this week. The event will run from March 6th to the 13th. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Lord Salibar? Lord Salad Bar, yes. His name is Saladin, but in the community is a running joke. We just call him Salad Bar. So, does he, uh, is he friends? He offers up healthy snacks for the Guardians <laughs> after their battles in the banner. Um, right, but is he friends with Duke Sneezeguard? <laughs> <laughs> we can go with that. Why not? Okay. All right. I'm so, just, continue on. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's good. So, the game mode is Clash this time around, which I'm not a fan of, but I'll still play on a banner because I want to get my ornaments. I got to keep working to get those ornaments, man. I have one of them for the boots, I believe, but the other ones, they look really cool, so I want them. Anyway, the, the weapons he'll have this week are the pulse rifle, the grenade launcher, and the auto rifle. All of which are looking pretty good, pretty decent anyway. The perks are not, uh, they're not, you know, game changing or anything on the weapons themselves, but they'll be, they'll be fun to get. I do wish though that the guns would actually be 
um, they actually have a different look to them than the palette swaps that, that, that we're seeing here. That's something that bothers me about the current state of the game as far as the events go. Because in you know Destiny 1, we had Iron Banner guns. You could tell that they were Iron Banner guns because they looked different from everything else in the game. Anyway, <clears throat> the big thing, though, for, for this update is that they talked about the Crucible changes that they're bringing with update 1.1.4. <clears throat> so some of the highlights include that... Uh, Iron Banner will channel that old-school Crucible in the style of the Iron, Iron Lords. We've made a number of tweaks to the gameplay besides increasing team size to 6v6. The match time, match time limit is 12 minutes. The score limit is 125. Respawn time is 7 seconds. All control zones start off neutral. Control zones take slightly longer, slightly longer to catch by default. Additional Guardians, max of 3, in the zone in increases capture speed. And guardians participating in a capture are getting more super energy. So basically, for this, what they're saying is that is that the uh, control for 6v6 is going to go back to the old Destiny 1 style of control, which is all fine by me. You get more more people involved in the playlist, you get more of your friends involved, and it becomes much better time and possibly less competitive than the 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 hug your butt meta that we're seeing now. Or hug your butt style of play that we're seeing now. Okay. Hug your butt, team, hug your butt team stats, team shooting that we're seeing now. So, <clears throat> in addition to this, that makes a little more Rumble, sense than just hug your butt because you're gonna die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, get in the fetal <laughs> position. Yeah. You're already dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. In addition to this, uh, Rumble will make its triumphant <laughs> return. Um. With no with no excuses, no complications, and absolutely no points for assists, you get a single point when you get a kill, just like in the gold age. Of, <clears throat> excuse me, what's going on there for a little bit? I tried to stop that, but I couldn't do it. <clears throat> yeah, we can cut that out. <laughs> you probably won't though. Just leave it in there. It depends on if I listen to it and remember. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna leave it in there. And <laughs> It'll be awful. It'll be fun, right? We're all gonna go laugh out of it. So we're only human. You get a, yes, you get a single point when you get a kill. Away. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I like. <laughs> you get a single point when you get a kill, just like in the golden age of video games. Oh, and this time we increased the player player count to eight. So that's exciting. Eight player rumble for Crucible will, will be returning. And again, they, they well they up they upped it to eight. Rumble is returning, but they're upping the player count to eight in a Rumble match, which is exciting. I I didn't play a whole lot of Rumble in D one, but I was pretty okay at it when I played it for you know those times that I had to for a bounty or whatever. <clears throat> they're bringing Mayhem back uh, that they had for the Dawning event. They'll be returning, and those uh those those three game modes, um, doubles. Doubles, Rumble, and Mayhem will be on a rotating, uh, rotating list per week. So you'll get one of those per week. After reset, they'll bring in a new one. So I'm excited to get into that. But really, though, really though, it, it's um, it's really not going to bring people back. We know. I know this. 
but I mean, we have discussion every week, it seems. But um, <laughs> these are these these are not the changes that are going to bring people back to to the game, and you not you know you shouldn't expect it to. These are changes that are going to happen over time, and then the sandbox change, which will happen in a few months, that'll help as well. But the big thing will be the uh, quote unquote taken queen style of update that we're gonna get in the fall, assuming we get one of those in the fall, which I have a hard time imagining why we wouldn't get one of those in the fall. But no, regardless, Iron Banner's returning, and the Crucible changes coming in 1.1.4 are exciting nonetheless, for me anyway. So, right. yeah, that's it. Alright. Yeah, and... Uh, no, for no people... sort of remarks from you? Yeah. For people's <laughs> sakes, I'm just gonna let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. But no, I'll uh, move on to my last piece of news. And that is that a release date has finally been set for Detroit Become Human. I saw this earlier in the week, and I meant to make a note about it to talk about it in the podcast. You beat me to it. I think I just remembered you to it. <laughs> But that's okay. I mean, yes. You had some news stories. I had some news stories. It all worked out. Yeah. And so this particular news story is that the PlayStation 4 exclusive Detroit Become Human has a release date set for May 25th of 2018. That's exciting. Yeah. It's almost a few months out. Yep. And so this is from the same guys that made Indigo Prophecy and Heavy Rain or... Beyond Two Souls, if you played that. <laughs> I didn't. I um, wanted to. Well, supposedly it's the worst game from these guys. Oh, okay. Um, I I actually didn't play it, um, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm super excited for this. One of the few games that I think we even said it during our What Are We Waiting For? Uh, episode uh, this game was on our list and uh, yeah it's super excited that we actually have a release date now instead of the tentative 2008 release date 2008 release date yes we went into the past <laughs> yeah <laughs> man it should have came out years ago 10 years ago now oh jeez you should see the graphics now <laughs> <laughs> if you thought games were bad now yeah. Wait till you see them in 20 years. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But no, I, I'm, I'm really excited that we finally have a release date for the game. I'm looking, I've been looking forward to this for a while because it looks like it's going to tackle a lot of questions, philosophical ones that I like to have in my games and things of that nature. So yeah, definitely looking forward to checking this out. I want to see a little more gameplay of it though because we've, we've only seen you know, like, a little bit of gameplay, to my knowledge. Uh, well, the last thing I saw was the main Android dude, and then and they were showing the choices to break in to this, like, building and essentially start a riot and, and get their other Android brethren uh, out, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I think the last thing that I saw about it was the interrogation on the roof, and you're talking, you're trying to talk dude out of... Uh, killing the girl he has with him or, you know, and surrendering. Right. So, yeah, so that was a couple of years ago. They have a new one. 
where um, the revolution android dude is uh, they're essentially going into town and creating a havoc and uh, destroying everything and they're getting more of their android brethren and like downloading a thing so that they have free will and stuff hmm. well to... that sounds interesting yeah, well, we're done with the podcast I'll have to send you the video so you can check it out yeah, 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 I definitely do that. I definitely want to see that yeah. myself. Sounds um, exciting. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, no, I just like the free-roaming gameplay. I like the I get to decide what happens. And if I make a mistake and this person's dead, the story doesn't end because they're dead. You know? Yeah, like, that's, that's true. That's one thing that uh, I could say makes me mad in video games <laughs> is... When a character dies and they're not supposed to die and and you have to do everything all over again. So having a game like this where your choices matter and if you make a mistake like that and they end up dead, then you live with that mistake and the story continues. Yep, that's definitely a big thing for how I like to play those games. Because, you know, even in, you know, Telltale games, you know, you can still get a game over. Mm -hmm. If you fail something... Yeah. You know, something you're not supposed to fail. Then they'll make you keep doing it until you pass. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. What if I don't want to? Yeah. Like, what, if he, what if he dies and he dies? Like the Batman game. If he gets squished under a console, it's not, you know, you don't continue playing as Robin. Nope. Game over. <laughs> nope. Batman is dead. Would you like to retry? No. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that is a choice. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. The game will remember that choice. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. <laughs> I try. I try. It was subtle. It was subtle. Yeah. I don't know how many of you going to catch that. I hope you do. You laugh your head off like I'm going over here trying to keep my mouth sort of closed so I'm not busting all that because of the mic. It's yeah. funny. Anyway, <clears throat> you know what? You know what's not funny, though? The community segment. Community segment! Because it's all about what makes our community mad about games. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so last week, last week, we had asked you guys, what makes you mad about games? And, like always, we got some responses here. And before I go any further in reading these responses and their names... Just know, as always, I am only human, so if I butcher any of your names, I apologize in advance. So, without further ado, here we go. We have Chev Passmore. He says, I'd have to say when playing tactical tactical games or shooters like uh, Counter-Strike, Siege, Bat- Siege, Battlefield 1, and no one has a mic. We need call-outs. Me and him had a discussion about that briefly, and... I said that uh, you know I, I he went on to say that uh, he feels like no no mics you know no mics means no callouts which means an instant loss and I disagree with him saying that it definitely does decrease your chances of winning by no means is it is it an instant loss um, and but we, we had a good discussion about that for a minute there we'll just say that right I know I dealt with that uh, <clears throat> during the NBA combine you get on and nobody would be talking and it's like how are you supposed to like 
work together and be teammates if no one has a mic and no one's talking. <laughs> right, exactly. We, we can't accomplish the, the goal here of winning, guys, if we can't communicate with each other. Yeah. Because we're, we're, just, we're just random guys playing together. What's really worse is when they have a mic and then they don't say anything until the end when you lose and they're like, you guys suck. What's wrong with you guys? It's like, where yeah. are you with your microphone? Right. Like, they come in, they come and berate you at the end of the game. Yeah. They put their mic up, they, they, they flip the headset down just to say you suck and flip it back up. Yeah. Exactly. It's fantastic. Mm. So the next comment comes from Josh Pward says microtransactions just one word and that about sums it up <laughs> all right you know yeah yeah we're not gonna beat that horse anymore but we all know how many microtransactions have invaded our games at this point <clears throat> brett gilmer responds with cheese now i knew what he meant when he said cheese you also know what he means when he says the word cheese correct dairy farmers the worst kind. Incorrect. What? <laughs> 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 talking about your uh, talking about your your all Madden fourth quarter comeback, Robo QB cheese and Madden. Talking about your your two K Hall of Fame CPU cheese, your shot clock cheese and in two K as well. All that kind of cheese. So cheese in this situation would mean anything that's sort of. Unfair for the sake of being unfair. Mm -hmm. The CPU just gets on a roll and you cannot stop no matter what you do. Yeah. Almost like it's predetermined. <laughs> well, there's that or even um, people that like just use the same play over and over and over again. Yes. And the game has no counter for it for whatever reason. Right. Or it's just very hard to stop in general and you're guaranteed you know, a positive result for said play. Yep. Like the monster formation. Early early on, anyway, in Madden, that was a problem. Yeah. The next comment comes from Noah Pulley. He says, honestly, tutorials pissed me off. And I was kind of confused with what he meant at first. I was like, wait a minute, tutorials are good, what do you mean? And he basically said that he meant the unskippable kind. So he went on to say, you know, if he goes back and plays the game he's, he's very familiar with, he doesn't want to waste a half hour, you know, trying to do a tutorial. Press X to jump. I know how to jump. You know, <laughs> that that sort of thing. Yeah. I wonder how he feels about the tutorial as you play. Like, there's some games that will teach you as you play, so you have to yeah. keep going. Like, I wonder if that's, right. if that's the same issue. Yeah. It might be. I'll have to. I'll have to ask him about that because I wonder that too. Look, that's a totally different thing. You're learning as you go, which which I think some would prefer to learn as you go, but there are others who I think would also prefer a safe environment. Right. Well, I know that uh, you know some tutorials can be really obnoxious, and sometimes like they'll pop up with tips, and you're like, just go. Hey, <laughs> I don't need your tips. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but. I know how to play the game. It can be nice, though, to at least have a controller mapped out button. Like, I'll give you an example. I Because I went back to playing The Witcher 2. 
And mm-hmm. I went walking in this area, and I'm like, da 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 da. When all of a sudden these uh, gargoyles came down to attack me, and I'm like, oh no! Oh, gargoyles! Awful! Yeah, I I don't know how to block or attack anymore. <laughs> and so they <laughs> murdered me. How do you play this game me. again? Yeah, they murdered me pretty quickly. Um, but thankfully, in the Witcher game, I could go down to uh, in the options, and I can check out the uh, controller setup. And it told me what each button did. And so I easily like remember, like, oh, yeah, yeah that's how you do it. Yeah, that's how and you so do it. So I this, went yeah. back to where those gargoyles were, and they didn't even touch me this time. <laughs> yeah, gargoyles are a pain in that game. I remember those. Those were awful. Jesus. Mm-hmm. That game is a lot of fun. We'll have to talk about that at some point here in the future. Right. That you play it and beat it properly and all that. And. The wait once my phone cooperates. Here we go. All right, there's two more here. David Portnoff says, "When I just know I have the skill to beat a boss or an enemy, but I just can't do it." Invasive micro invasive microtransactions are pretty terrible too. The ones that are in your face all the time. Assassin's Creed Unity is a good example of this. Unity, I didn't. No, Unity was the one where it's in France. I did, I did play that one a little bit, and I'll have to agree with you that those are really annoying. But that the first one there, David, I know that feeling too. I know it because I experienced it a lot with Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. Looking at you, Vort. <laughs> I know he's like an early game boss, and I know I'm bad at the game. Okay, but still, I get into his second form. He charges at me. And for some reason, my dodge decides to just not work. And I can't seem to get past him, and it's really annoying to me. <laughs> like, I want to see more of this game, but I got to beat Vort, and they just, I just can't do it. It's a struggle, man. Yeah. And Father, Father, Gascon, Father Gascon in Bloodborne, that was an intense boss fight. It took me, I want at least four or five tries to do that. Cause he'd get into his he'd get into his final form, and I wasn't ready for it the first time, obviously. But then the other time I was ready for it once I knew it was coming, and he still managed to take me out. I either ran out of blood vials or I didn't uh, back up enough in time to get get space to use a blood vial. So it's a whole lot of learning, especially in those mm-hmm. kinds of games. Did you know Bloodborne is going to be free to play for PlayStation Plus users this month? That's cool. Mm-hmm. You gonna play it, bud? No. <laughs> well, good thing I have it already, so nothing <laughs> to worry about for me. Uh, yep. And the last comment comes from Caleb Parham. Says, outside of glitches that make you lose, I hate games that aren't cohesive. Like fast-paced, action-oriented games with slow, dramatic cutscenes. Pick one. Yeah. Either you're going to be over the top all the time, or be serious all the time. One or the other. Yep. Bulletstorm. Love Bulletstorm. Over the top, all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, I did a quote from that game, and nobody guessed it. <laughs> I would do a quote from that game, but, you know, I don't want to. <laughs> the, old, the old one I remember. The old one I remember. Yeah, the one I remember. We'll just, we'll talk about it off the air. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Speaking of getting off the air, are we done? <clears throat> I think we are. 
All right. Oh, wait. I lied. Before we go, question of the week for next week is what is your favorite holiday in video games? So it doesn't have to be a necessarily video game specific holiday. It could be, you know, it could be uh, Halloween in Fallout 4 or something, something along those lines. It doesn't have to be a holiday made for the video game, if that makes any sense at all. I'll explain it further in the message that I post on the Facebook page. But with that, though, we are done, yeah? For real this time. Sounds like it. And we're out of here. Thank you all so much for tuning in to episode 34 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. We are part of the Joystick Entertainment Network. Before we get out of here, Ken, round of plugs, go. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at R&R Gaming Pod. That's R-A-N-D-R Gaming P-O-D. You can also find me personally on Twitter at V. That's M-A-C-R-O-B-O-V. You can find my good friend Byron on Twitter at Braun1417. That's capital B-R-O-N-1417. You can find me on Twitch streaming all the games at Twitch B Twitch TV B underscore Ron1417. That's B underscore Ron1417. Instagram is also the same B underscore Ron1417. You can also find the podcast on YouTube and the Castbox app and on iTunes as well. On iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star review. Leave us a comment. It'll help us improve the podcast for you and for us as well. And um, that's it. So, uh, Ken. Yes, sir. They <laughs> should come back next week. Hey, correct? I got this. This is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no I'm need to take it over. Here, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, guys, come back next week because everyone could use a little more R&R. Yeah, the um, the quote I was thinking about was, "I'm gonna kill you." What do you? What, what does that even mean? Yeah, I know. What does that even mean? <laughs> like, what does it even mean? Yeah. And no, to this day, I still don't know what that means. However, <laughs> I'd like to find out. Huh? What? 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 I don't think that's what, what? she meant. Oh well. <laughs> In that case, <laughs> I take back what I said. Oh. If that's not what she meant. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>